Today's episode of Pushing Through is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and always I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we're fresh off Memorial Day weekend. How you doing? We got a lot of NBA basketball to talk about. It was a jam-packed weekend. We got a lot of storylines, a lot of narratives, a lot of question marks, a lot of answers. But first and foremost, how are you? I'm good. You know, you know how I feel about storylines and narratives. <laughs> so you know how to get me fired up. <laughs> Uh, Those are the best. I, yeah. So, you know, let, let's get into it. You let, let's get past the storylines and narratives, and then we'll cut through and get right to what what's really going on. So, uh, but no, I'm good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good weekend. Good food. Family. Yep, yep. So, uh, it's all good. BJ, I got some barbecue that I made this weekend. Oh, nice. Sea, seafood boil. You oh, know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, nice. So. Nice. 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 You got a name <laughs> for your grill yet? You got a name? I mean, it's a Traeger, so I think it already has a name. So we oh, just, you know, okay. slow cooked, slow cooked some pork shoulder, you know, oh. what I'm got some ribs. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. That sounds good. That sounds good. And we got some great basketball, which I think, uh, you know, the most fascinating game probably this weekend for the casual fan, the defending champions, the Los Angeles Lakers in Staples Center taking on the upstart Suns. Uh, Mike, our producer, Midas, we've been talking about this series has been a seesaw. We went from game one. It's over. The the narrative says the Lakers are done with. Get them out of here. Are they going to get swept? Uh, game two, game three, the Lakers win. Get the Suns out of here. They're no good. Uh, game four. Chris Paul looks healthy. The Suns win. AD goes down. And now we have a series, BJ. And uh, I'm very excited to see how this plays out. But first and foremost, what were your thoughts about Sunday's game? And and where did the Suns sit now? Well, the Suns are in an interesting position because I really thought at the beginning of the series that it was important for them to defend home court. And when they lost game two Mm -hmm. and the reemergence of Anthony Davis, I thought was critical for the Lakers because Anthony Davis was not very good in game one. And he took full responsibility like like a good teammate, a great player should do. And he came back and he really made amends of his game one performance. However, he gets hurt, I believe, in game three. Is that what did he get hurt in game three? Yep. He gets hurt. And suddenly now you have a series. You know, they were able they, speaking of the Phoenix Suns, they were able to reestablish home court and now they're headed back home for game five. Mm-hmm. I think the following with the Lakers in this group that they currently have, as great of a player as LeBron James is, I don't think LeBron James at this stage right now this year hasn't shown the ability to carry the game and to finish the game. I think think Anthony Davis is important to the Lakers because he could carry the game, which will allow LeBron James to finish the game. And right now, LeBron James is going to have to expend 
a tremendous amount of energy to carry the game along with finishing the game because they have to win two more games. You know, we've 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 become over the years accustomed to LeBron James just doing everything and and mm -hmm. we've come to expect that. But at some point, in particular this year, you can see with the injury to his ankle that he has had some problems physically that, you know, and he's been amazingly healthy throughout his career. But this year, you know, he's picking and choosing his his moments. So you never want to underestimate him, but I think it's going to be very difficult for him to carry the game, not once, but twice. He's got to win there in Phoenix, right? He's got two chances. It's mm -hmm. a three-game series now and, and win at home. So hopefully Anthony Davis will come back for a Laker Nation, but if not, I think it's going to be very difficult, and, and I, would, you know, I, I would venture to say that the Phoenix Suns look like they have the upper hand heading into game five. Yeah, it does seem like it, it. Like I said, it was a seesaw. It does almost seem as if Chris Paul gave him the rope a dope, BJ, not to to bring up the George Foreman fight, but it did seem like he was down for the count, the shoulder. We don't know how much mobility he has, but Game Four, he was looking like vintage Chris Paul with some of those step outs, some of those fadeaways, some of those little mid range jumpers to to get a basket late in the shot clock. Again, he closed the game. LeBron, like you said, the only starter for the Lakers in double digits. Uh, Schroeder had eight. Wesley Matthews had six. AD. Gets hurt, only has six, and Drummond has five. Caruso and Kuzma, the only other players in the Lakers in double digits coming off the bench. So that is uh, of a concern for sure. I just want to talk about DeAndre Ayton quickly before we move on because he has been amazing so far in this series, at least in my opinion, and he has really set the tone, and it's good for the bigs, and I know oh, you love the, the bigs. You know, DeAndre Ayton has been big time. He's been big time mm -hmm. in every sense of the word, and with this being his first playoff moment experience, He's really showed up in a big way, not only on the offensive yep. end, but defensively. He's his attention to detail and he's really been impactful during the course of this series. So, you know, I love the bigs, as you know, and anytime the bigs are making <laughs> contributions, especially in this small ball era, it's very positive. So you can see what he's been able to do. And also we want to shout out Devin Booker, uh, Devin Booker. I think this being his first playoff experience has really showed up as well. Yeah. So their two young stars have given the Phoenix uh, Suns organization hope that the future is bright because those guys are really showing up, playing well. Monty has these guys competing and, you know, it's 2-2. So they're right where they want to be. And now they have to go out there and, and, and really seize the moment because uh, it's right there in front of them. Yeah, and Jay Crowder is a guy that I think was almost overlooked a little bit last year on that Heat team that made it to the finals. He was great in Game Four, plus twenty one for the stats heads at home. So he did he did his duty. Campaign I think has been almost underrated as a, as a backup guard for this team. He's done a great job. I think Chris Paul. You know, we, we've seen what he's been able to do as far as molding some of these young guards. And uh, speaking of young guards, BJ, I want to go to another Murray State guard, and that is your guy. Ja Morant right now. I mean, they win game one. Donovan Mitchell comes back in this series. They have two games at home. You expect maybe, you know, they can get one of those. Unfortunately, they go 0 for 2. They're sitting in a 3-1 hole right now, but they're going back to Utah. And I'll be honest with you, BJ, this Grizzlies team is almost better on the road, it seems, in this series. So it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out. Yeah, you know, Ja Morant, this has really been a coming out party for Ja Morant because, you know, he was... yes. He was spectacular in game one. He's really been incredible throughout the course of this series, starting back in mm -hmm. with the playing game versus the Golden State Warriors. I think it's important for them 
to have a strategy on what they're going to do against Rudy Gobert because John ja Morant can get a shot off because he has the total package, right? He has the floater, he has the runner, and we know how amazing he is finishing over the tops of bigs. I think if they can include Rudy Gobert in screen roles in situations on the court where he's not comfortable, meaning get him out of the paint and with John ja Morant getting a full steam ahead playing downhill, I think that gives the Memphis Grizzlies a significant advantage. And, you know, I know everyone likes to play, you know, pace and space and space the floor and get threes, <laughs> but attack Rudy Gobert. Because if you can attack Rudy Gobert, he is the foundation for them, especially on the defensive end. And if you can attack him, attack his body, maybe get him in foul trouble, I think it significantly increases their chances to win the game. So with that, I would like to see the Memphis Grizzlies use a multiple um, – a multiple amount of options and availables on how they're going to attack Rudy Gobert, attack him from wing positions, top, side, and just go right at him and force him to make a decision. Because if you can get him off the court at any point during the game, I think that gives them the ability to attack the basket and then play from the inside out, not the outside in. So, But again, I'm just watching from afar and, um, but you know, the Memphis Grizzlies have shown they have the ability. They have the ability to get whatever shot they want to get. But now mm -hmm. just try to get the shot at the timely at a timely uh time so that you can possibly attack their weakest area, which is their weakest area is Rudy Gobert defending on the perimeter. Yeah, and when Rudy Gobert is occupied, you know, that entire defense looks totally different. When Rudy Gobert is able to roam, as we've right. talked about, when he can kind of play one through five and float in the paint, that's when you have a problem. That's when attacking him is tough. Again, only three fouls in this game, this past game, game four. So, uh, Ja Morant, we've seen him go straight at Gobert. He tried to dunk out on him one time, and then he got the better of him the ja second Morant, time. So, he's not AKA afraid. Tate Frazier, he's not afraid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy. I mean, South Carolina product, you know, Carolina kids, we got to stick together. But uh, 23 and 12 in this past game, again, for the people at home that don't remember, the first two playoff games of his career, 73 points, only second to George Mikan, the man who made the NBA popular. So uh, John Morant's in, in good company, yes, BJ. He is. Yes, he is. And, uh, you know, critical game five coming up. So a must win for the, the Grizzly fans. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see what happens on the road in Utah. Speaking of the road, let's talk about the Clippers because I, I remember not so long ago, BJ, all the pundits, I saw Stephen A. say this. I heard you know a couple more people say the series is over. The Clippers are done. They're dead to rights. They go to Dallas and they win two games, and now we have a tied-up series going back to L.A. Luca seems to, to enjoy playing in L.A. maybe more than Dallas. Uh, what, do, what do we expect from this series? I mean, and how chaotic is it? Because I've almost stayed tuned out of this series, and I'm just waiting for the home stretch. If you can make sense of the Clippers, please let me know. I mean, <laughs> Clippers are up 3-1. They lose. <laughs> They're down 0-2. They come back and they win. I, I can't make sense of the Clippers. But what I do know, I, I keep looking at their roster, and you know they have incredible talent, you know, starting with Kawhi Leonard, mm -hmm. who these last two games, he's arguably been, over the last two games, he's been arguably the best player <laughs> in the playoffs. So you go, oh, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. Kawhi. I, I recognize him now, <laughs> you know. Yep, yep. Uh, 29 yeah, and 10 Paul in the last game. Paul George comes up, and all of a sudden, you know, he's playing 
unbelievable on the road for the last two games. And you're saying, wow, okay, this is the Clipper team we've been waiting for. So I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen in game five here. I'm just going to say I'm going to watch with caution. You know how it says proceed with caution. Mm -hmm. These are the Clippers. I don't know what's I don't know what Clipper team is going to show up. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde type of a group. But I know they are when they are playing well. They look like they can be a tough group when they're playing well. Mm -hmm. Make no doubt about it. Uh, The problem is you don't know which group is going to show up. So (laughs) but we'll see. You know, I'm not going to bet against them. I was a little down. Clipper Nation, you didn't hear a peep coming out of L.A. You and I both live out here after the first two games. Yep. You know, yep, I didn't quiet. even hear Clipper Durrell. I didn't even hear I didn't even hear Clipper Durrell. You could always hear Clipper Durrell. I didn't even hear Clipper Durrell, you know. <laughs> you know, the energy had changed, but now they're back. So we'll see what happens in Staples Center and uh, we'll see how this turns out. You know, Luca, hopefully he'll come back from his injury. I know he got an injury to his neck, I believe. So uh, we'll yep. we'll see how this um how this um is going to go moving forward. Yeah, I, I have to ask the guard guru while we're here because I found the the, the matchup fascinating. Rondo matching up with Luca, I, I thought that was a great chess piece, a, a great... I don't know who decided that, Ty Lu, Rondo, I don't know who, but it, it was beautifully done, and I thought it threw a nice little wrinkle, and it also showed you know, that the Clippers were willing, like we talked about, to humble themselves a little bit and say, hey, uh, even though I'm the best one-on-one defender, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, whoever it may be, you know, we, we need to throw something else at this guy to get him out of his rhythm. And uh, I think Rondo did that for a little bit. Well, you know, what I do like about that is, you know, I've been saying this now for a couple of years. We have to stop looking at Luka Doncic as a forward. He is a point guard. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. He's a point guard. Yes. Okay. He's a point guard and he, do I think he can post? Yes, he can. But Luca is most comfortable right now at this stage of his career with the ball in his hand. And he can get mm-hmm. by anybody. Let's just Kawhi Leonard, Paul George included. He can get by anybody. And he's a big enough body where he can bump you off, put you on his hip. He finishes left hand, right hand, and you can't speed him up. <laughs> yep. So from that standpoint, I think it's better to always play against a player at his position. Why? Is because it you just like you have offensive spacing, you have defensive spacing. And the and, and, and the example I want to use is when you when Shaq first came in the league, you would always double a big with a guard. It gives help, you support. Well, me yep. as a little guard coming to double team Shaq, he didn't even see me. And that's what's happening with Luca. So when Rondo and smaller guards come to help if Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, he doesn't even see him because he's big. Luca's every bit of 6'8". But now if Rondo is guarding him and Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard comes over to help, it forces a different type of pass that Luca has to make because a bigger defender is coming over to help. Now, that's a small thing. People go, oh, well, what is that? What does that really matter? Well, it really matters because now that pass has to go around a bigger defender, which should give the Mm -hmm. defense just a half a second to rotate and move over. So I think from that standpoint, your defensive balance is better. You can pick Luca up full court with Rondo, attack his dribble, Mm -hmm. and then 
come over and double team him with the big. You're going to double team the guy anyway. I know everyone, no one yeah. wants, you know, Kawhi Leonard has probably never had to double team anybody his whole career. But this guy, Luca, is a, you know, he's a different type of player. So mm -hmm. I think it's a good move. Now, let's see what the coaching staff does to take advantage of this. Okay, if you're going to play me with the smaller defender, maybe they do like Magic, you know, used to do. He would throw the ball ahead and just go straight to the post. Yeah, and just, and post, just post them up. up. Yeah. So there's always adjustments going to be made. Now, nice move by Coach Lou and his staff. But, you know, Rick Carlisle, he's he's played with a few great players in his career. He's coached <laughs> a few great players. And mm -hmm. the great thing about Luka is you have options with Luka. You have options. So it's it's a great move, but I, I like the thought because you always got to guard a player, in my opinion, where that player operates. Luka is without question a point guard, so why not guard him there? And then you can always double and go big in, little out once the double team does occur. And it does take kind of, you know, as we talked about, when you're a, a smaller playing a big position, you have that quickness factor, whether it be Draymond at the five or whatever it is. You, you know, Luca going up against Fords, he's probably going to beat them to the spot. Well, you know, Luca, I don't know if he's beating anybody to the spot. But <laughs> you're right. He, but he's just going to he's going to get to his spot. To his spot. Like, like, you know, Luca, <laughs> Luca, you know, that's fast, they're slow, and then there's Luca. Luca just does. Uh -huh. I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know how he gets by guys, but he's uh, he's always getting by. You know, I don't. It's it's, it's quick. It's quick but slow. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of like Kyle Anderson. You know, slow mo. Oh, you know, slow mo. Slow mo is the best because you know what, slow mo. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I heard the when I first met him, or I first watched him at UCLA. Yeah, I thought I didn't want to call him slow mo because I thought God, I'm, I'm not trying to like you know, tease the guy, right? You know what I mean? But then when <laughs> yeah, you saw yeah. him play, Smash. you're like, he's, <laughs> oh, I, get I get it. it you're right. right? Yeah. You, you, it's like, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to like, you know, you know, like, I mean, this guy's a really good player. You know, I heard he, he is a potential, you know, first round pick. But who has a nickname like slow-mo? Like, am I like teasing the guy or what, what's going on? But then after you said, you go, oh, okay, I get it. That's a great name for him. Yeah. And you know yeah, what? Yeah, and it throws it people throws off. The, yeah, he throws people off. You know, I love when he does a step all through. the time because it's like it's like <laughs> that's how my step through looks. You know what I mean? I'm like, when I watch him, I go, man, maybe I can still do it. Maybe, yeah, no, yeah. you know, but you know, he's. He really is slow mo. He really is. He, yeah, he's, it's funny though because he'll do that step through, and you'll think, like you said, it, it's it's not going to be something on the other side, but he'll just leap from there and throw it down. And you're yeah, like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, just yeah. Yeah. slow mo. Yeah, slow mo is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Luca just kind of does what Luca does. I, I he just when yeah. he gets around you though, so that's all that matters. That's all that really matters. Uh, I do want to talk about, uh, you know, our Sixers. Midas. Oh, is Midas sweating? You know, is they, he sweating over there? Is Midas <laughs> over there sweaty? <laughs> He just wanted to make sure I didn't open the show talking about the Sixers. Yeah, like uh, Midas is sweaty. Like, yeah, he's sweating over there. He's up 3-1. Uh, he's up 3-1. <laughs> Not concerned. Uh, yeah, unbothered is what the Sixers fans are saying. But uh, what would you see, if anything, from this Wizards team? You expected them to get a win, I, I, I did. You called I, that I, on our I last did. show. And the reason, reason being is Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are, are both very prideful players. And, mm. you know, those guys come out and they compete. That's what I love about both of them. You know, they they, they compete. 
you know, the, the score for them is zero, zero. They're bringing it. They're bringing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you may have better talent than them, but to them, they're like, okay, let's, let's, let's play it back. And I thought they'll be a little better at home. I thought the role players would play better at home. You know, Rui and those guys played much better at home than they did on the road. Now, I know they sustained an injury to the uh, the kid. Uh, I think he hurt his calf. Um, the shooter. Yeah, Bertans. Yeah, Bertans. Yeah, he, you know, so that's going to be a significant loss because he provides spacing on the floor. But overall, I, you know, this this team, you know, you know, Lopez and all those guys, I thought they played much better. Russell was Russell. He had, I mean, what an amazing stat, 21 rebounds. I mean, he does things that you just – 21 rebounds from your point guard. I mean, that's just unheard of. I mean, that's mm-hmm. 14 yeah, assists. I mean, just, 19 yeah, just, points. It's, that's just incredible. You know, Bradley Beal. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Back to pushing through. But Philadelphia, they better be careful because, you know, they, <laughs> and, I, and I say that it's because of the following. You know, Joel Embiid, I don't know what happened, but, you know, he, he sustained something, right? I don't know if it was his hip, his knee, or what have you. And Ben Simmons... You know, you got to play with a guy like Ben Simmons to really appreciate him. You know, it's like like Scottie Pippen. You know, you you have to play with Scottie to really appreciate his true greatness. You know, Scottie mm-hmm. probably at this stage was a better scorer than Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons really reminds me of Scottie that he just really does, you know, he does a lot of things. Like he rebounds, he defends, he passes, he initiates your offense, he guards bigger players, smaller players. He's just kind of like, Plug, a plug and play player like Scotty just yep. you know Scotty could guard Charles Oakley he could guard Bill Lambeer he could guard Mark Jackson he could guard Magic Johnson and he's just very mm-hmm. very Ben Simmons is the same mm-hmm. and if there's one part of Ben Simmons game that's missing right now is he you know if he could average you know well not average but if he could consistently score between 15 and like 22 points a game I think that would now he would be the complete player that we all see because he has amazing, amazing potential and talent. You know, right now, I always try to tell younger players, don't allow what you don't do well, which is scoring and shooting free throws for him, to get in the way of what it is you do well. Because he is mm-hmm. an amazing player. He's an amazing talent. Okay? He's an unfinished product. But even with that, he still... Impacts a game a in so many ways. Player. So mm-hmm. um, if Ben, if Joel Embiid doesn't play, Ben Simmons is going to have to pick up the scoring slot. And that part of the game, I don't know if he's comfortable doing. And who knows what can happen if they lose in Philly. Because the Philly faithful can turn on you. And a game mm-hmm. seven, now uh, you, you know what Russell and Bradley Bill are going to do. Russell and Bradley Beal, you, 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 those guys, you know what they're going to do. But you don't know how a Ben Simmons is going to react. And Joel Embiid, 
you're hoping that he'll come back, but you don't know how healthy he'll be. So I think it's important mm-hmm. for them to close this out the next game. If, yep, if not, because I, I can just about assure you that game there will be a game seven. And anything can happen in game seven. You want to play it at home, but anything can happen in game seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and to put it in context, you talk about, you know, Ben has to pick up some of that scoring. He only takes five shots in this game. He made four of them. So he shot 80% from the field. But Tyrese Maxey took 12 shots. So we, we probably need Ben uh, to, to boost that up a little bit. He goes to the free throw line 11 times, makes five out of the 11 free throws. Um, you know, Scott Brooks employs the hack of Ben strategy, puts him at the line. I thought he did a good job handling himself. I, I I am sure that is, like you said, you don't want your your weaknesses to be on front street in those type of scenarios, especially when the other team is like, we'll take our chances by fouling you. But I, I thought he held his own. He kept his confidence. I know he didn't make every single free throw, but he didn't shy away from the moment. And uh, it, it's a lot of <laughs> there were a lot of lights on him because, as you know, BJ, a lot of people want to see Ben Simmons um, in those moments for whatever reason, because they know he is uh, an unfinished product and they want to see him squirm. And I thought he handled himself yeah, well. Yeah, you, you know, that, that's tough. That, that's tough to, when the team is saying, I'm willing... To, to, to put you on the line and yeah. risk it. That, that's a better yeah, play so, for us. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's almost a disrespectful yeah, move yeah, at yeah. some so level. I, I so. think Ben has to... Listen. listen. Ben's just going to have to step up there and shoot it. There's no... Yep. Everyone, we could say... You know, you work on your game in the summer. Now is not the time to be working on your game. You get up there, you shoot it, you <laughs> live with the results at this at this stage yep. of the season. But Ben is a reluctant shooter. That's the that's the key. Some people just can't shoot, but they still shoot. Ben is a reluctant shooter. And at some point mm-hmm. here, winning basketball requires you to do and make winning plays. Winning basketball. Ben, I don't mm. care if you miss every shot. Shoot it. Got to mm-hmm. understand that what comes with that responsibility. Why? Because you give us the best. That opens up everything That gives else. us the best yeah. way to win the game. Mm-hmm. It's not about whether you make it or miss it. It's about you doing the right play. If you, they foul you, you just go to the free throw and you shoot those, shoot those shots. Because... What Doc River understands, and I'm going to try to, I don't want to put words in Doc's mouth. Every championship team has had the same philosophy since 1946. If you don't score, Tate, and I don't score, the score is still Mm 0-0. So, okay, if Ben doesn't score and he misses two free throws, but Washington doesn't score, you're fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Defensively, they have a foundation to win. They're one of the better defensive teams in the league. Now, yep. if you can just shoot the ball and give yourself a chance, you might make it. So, Ben, Ben, if you're listening, I know you're listening here. I know Doc Rivers is listening and the <laughs> Philly faithful are all listening. Shoot the ball, shoot it with confidence, and continue to play your game. And live with live the results. With I mean, if it goes in, it live, goes in. If it doesn't, who cares? You're still yeah. Ben Simmons. Because yeah. every great player, okay, every great player has a short memory. I think he gets it. I really well, do. I, 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 hope I, I, do. I hope he does because you got to have more than five shots. Yeah. You, you, you can't have that level of talent. Great players might get five shots on one possession. Mm-hmm. 
It's hard. It's really hard to play 30-something minutes and only have five shots and handle the ball as much mm-hmm. as he handles it. Okay? It's not like he doesn't have the ultra green light. Mm-hmm. So what this is showing me right now is he's not playing with the confidence, right? If the game calls for him to only have five shots, that's one thing. If Ben, if Joel Embiid is not playing, well, where the shots going to come from? Mm-hmm. He's too good of a player. Play with the level of confidence and allow the other players to feed off of that. And if you listen, mm-hmm. you know, listen, I've played with great players in my career. And the thing that always impressed me more than anything is when the game wasn't going well for that great player and that great that great player continued to miss 12, 13, 15 shots in a row. Yep. We've seen Michael Jordan do that. Have a half where he's like one for 15 I, and then make 15 more, out of 16 in the second half. That's more impressive to me than making 14 <laughs> or 15 shots in a row. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. It takes guts to do that. And to live with the results and say, hey, that, that's on me. And, and Anthony mm-hmm. Davis had had a game one like that in in in, the, in this in this series against Phoenix. He he stood up and said, "Hey, it's on me," and came up in game two. That to me shows maturity. So I'm waiting on Ben Simmons to show the maturity and his leadership. This is the key word: mm-hmm. his leadership to match his talent. I would be so impressed if Ben Simmons goes over twenty in the next two games. <laughs> because that shows me that he understands what needs to be done. Now, did he get it done? No. Did he get it done? No. But he took the shot. And that's important. That's important. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, I remember watching the late Kobe Bryant. I think he was early in his career. It might have been either his first year or second year, somewhere around there. I remember he airballed. Oh, yeah, the Jazz, the jazz series. series. Yeah. I was so impressed that this young man had the guts <laughs> <laughs> to take that shot. I mean, yeah. And airballed yeah. it at a critical, I think, I think that was for the series, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was for the series. It was the shot. I it thought, was supposed to be his moment. I thought, yeah. Wow. I was like, that's a guy. That I and he took it on the chest hey, afterwards. That's a guy know? that I said, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's ready to live on that island of success. See, that's where success happens. You got to be willing to live with the results. Everybody hits the, the everybody's backyard. They go three, two, one, and if they miss it, they keep doing <laughs> it until they hit it. <laughs> well, I want to get behind the guy who misses it. Shows up, looks at everybody in the eye and say, okay, I'm coming back to the next game. That says something about mm-hmm. that person. It says something about their leadership. Ben Simmons, I'm ready for you to go 0 for 20 and live with those results. That, that's important because he is that type of talent. And if you lose, you lose. If you lose, you lose. But I remember that moment with Kobe Bryant. I thought, wow. I was like, oh my, he's, I was like, he's too young to, to know how to do that yet. And he did it. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. And, you know, I, I think with Simmons, he's kind of, 
you know, in that twilight period right now where I think he can assert himself. And we've seen him in some games this year, uh, whether it be the Utah game when he goes up against Gobert and has 42. Um, there's been some first quarters where he's kind of come out and set the tone and asserted himself. But this is the playoffs. This is a different stage. And I, I hope he can do that because I think he has the ability to do that, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see Yeah, it. yeah, I, I think so. You know, you know, it's it's really funny watching the game today because you know we're in an era where you shoot you know everyone's shooting and perimeter players mm-hmm. but the one thing that that i always want to stress with this era as compared to you know 20 years ago what have you is allow your leadership to match your talent allow your leadership mm. right we get we're so enamored now with stats this guy had 35 points on 60% shooting and his PER is this, and he was a plus 35. Okay, I don't know what that means. But does your leadership match your talent? Because mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is an incredible, incredible talent. Okay? Giannis, to me, is another guy that now his leadership is catching up to his talent. Because last mm-hmm. year, that was that was tough. That was a tough go around for him in the in the bubble. Yeah. He had all these other options. He could have gone to another team. He could have blamed someone mm-hmm. else. He could have blamed the coaches. Yep. Could have blamed the personnel. personnel team. I mean, yep. You know what Giannis did? He got back in the gym. Give me the ball. And he doubled down. Give, he took the max. I'm gonna take the max here. Yep. Give me the ball. You gave it to me five times. Give it to me now six, and I'm ready to go. See, that to me. And the team that knocked him out and embarrassed him last year, he swept. His leadership (laughs) now is catching up to his talent. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to accept and understand what leadership is all about, because leadership isn't something that you can go learn in the gym. That requires you to have experience, but more importantly, that requires you to fail. When you see these young players like Giannis and all of these guys begin to develop their leadership, now you got something special. And to me, that takes time. So Ben, if you're listening, just take the responsibility. Because if you once you come out on the other side, there's nothing wrong with going 0 for 20. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing there there is nothing wrong with that. But what is wrong with it is when you don't even shoot it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it reminds me, I, I had this Michael Jordan poster on my wall. You know, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeeded. That's it. That's, that, that, that's it. I couldn't have said it any better. That's it. Ben, I'm willing to lose with you, but are you willing to lose with you? That's what Doc mm-hmm. Rivers is saying. I'm willing to lose with you, Ben. The team knows, yeah. man, if we're going to win a championship this year, we, we need, need him. him. Now, Ben, <laughs> I know you're unselfish. I'm willing to lose with your decisions. Now, does he have the confidence to do the same? Because Doc mm. Rivers already done said what he's willing to do. If we lose because <laughs> yeah. of Ben Simmons, that's on me. 
That's on me. That that Doc Rivers has displayed leadership. Now, now it's time for Ben Simmons. See, Ben Simmons got to do this one on his own. And that's what, you know, if I was there with Ben, I would say, okay, Ben, if we lose, I want to lose with you shooting the ball. And if we lose because of it, let's get in the gym. We know what we got to do next year. Because he, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You don't understand Tate? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that's, I don't want to keep harping on him because I, I, I love his talent. I love his game. And you know what? And I, and I know Doc understands this. Yeah, Doc definitely gets it. I mean, Midas said to me, uh, you know, as we were walking in here, he said Doc had a great point. It's like defensively, we're giving a .8, you know, .8 per, per possession, you know. And Ben, if he makes one out of two free throws, that's one point per possession. So we're in plus territory if he makes one out of two free throws. You know, if you want to get the analytics crowd into it, that, that's how it works. So uh, it, it makes sense. The math checks out, checks out and adds up. One plus one equals three. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, final thing, BJ, I wanted to ask you just about the big three in Brooklyn because, uh, they, they put up, uh, assisted or scored 137 of the team's 141 points. 141 points was a franchise record. Kevin Durant looks like vintage KD. Kyrie is incredible. James Harden is incredible. And we talked about this. If this offense is like this, who needs defense? And, uh, that's how they looked in this game against Boston. Well, as I told you, when this all came together, Tate, if this, if this team wins this year, this will be the first time that I would have seen an NBA team win with just having the offensive output that those three players that you just mentioned. Yep. Uh, you know, that this will be the first time that I would have seen where the offense is clearly, this is an offensive unit. You know, as we say, you know, not to, the old cliche, you know, defense wins championships. But defensively, you have to be able to stop someone. And because you're not going to be able to just outscore every team. But this group, it may be possible. Yeah, four out of seven games, they may be able to do it. It may be possible. So, you know, it's impressive. They have three guys that's capable of getting 40, 50, 60 points at any given night. And this isn't and they don't have to be hot to do it. I mean, those three guys can score with the best of them. Mm -hmm. And. You can't double team them because you can't leave James Harden. You can't leave Kyrie Irving. You know, they they have an offensive scheme over there that's that's pretty powerful. So we'll see. I'm going to stick to my principles, what I've seen. Defense wins. But if this team has to, this team is going to have to defend at a level so that their offensive players can be who they are. And if they can, yeah. if they can be respectable on the defensive end, they're going to be tough to beat. And they look like yeah. they're willing, or at least trying to defend. They, they, they can lock. You've seen it in moments. They lock in, and uh, I, I will say the the most fascinating matchup in the playoffs to me. Um, at least in the next round, is Giannis versus KD. Because you talked about uh, the growth of the talent matching the leadership. I think Kevin Durant, we could all agree, is if not the talented, most talented player he is, one of the most talented players in basketball. Um, I think that he has some of those leadership qualities. He's shown that at times. I, I saw it in OKC. I saw it you know, with the Warriors. I think I've seen it with this Nets team. And then with Giannis, I think he's he's getting on that level. So those two guys, that's a heavyweight you know, matchup right there between take, those two. That, that's an excellent point. And, 
Like we, we always talk about, you know, guys working on their game and, you know, guy come back with a step back and a guy come back with a fadeaway and, <laughs> and all those things. And that, that's great. <laughs> yeah. But the most impressive thing that, that I, I've seen and witnessed the growth of Kevin Durant from when he was in Oklahoma to now is his leadership. Yep, agreed. Kevin Durant, he really improved as a player, not on the court in Golden State, but you can see his growth off the court as far as his ability to lead. Because mm -hmm. Kevin Durant is without question a top-tier player in the NBA. When he's healthy, he's somewhere in one, two, or three, however you want to slice it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's your own opinion. Yeah, okay. it's your some own taste, but he, he's Durant, up there. Some may say Giannis, yep. some may say LeBron. Well, every yep. whenever you get done arguing, he's in that he's <laughs> in that category. I don't care exactly. his whole career. Okay, he's yep. in there. He will you put will you when you say unique, Kevin Durant is in there, a seven footer that can play mm -hmm. like this. He mm -hmm. is a unique player. The thing that's been impressive watching him is how he has matured and his leadership and what he's doing. He's committed to the process. I think his growth has been amazing uh, as a player and we all grow at our own pace. But one of the most difficult things that I've seen with this generation is you have these incredibly gifted, talented players, but there's no place for them to allow their leadership styles to mature, right? Mm. And it's very rare that it starts off high. You know, some guys may have leadership qualities, but they don't have the talent. These guys have the talent, mm. but they, they need time. And right now it's yep. like Kevin Durant, you know, his talent was here and his leadership was here. And all of a sudden now it's, you know, you're starting to see him have balance. Yes. Yeah, equilibrium. Yeah. And, yeah. And his leadership, you know, it's, it's, it, it takes time, you know, it, you don't learn how no one teaches you how to have your own team. Right. Mm -hmm. That takes time. Right. You don't you, you, no one explains to you how to lead. And that to me is the most difficult part of this generation is that they're expected to come in like a young Zion. What's his leadership style? He only went to college for one year. He didn't have mm -hmm. to lead in high school. He was just. He was so dominant that he just dunked over everybody. <laughs> so it takes time. And that's why I'm always like, give these guys, give these guys time. Give them, it's going to take four or five, six years. People forget it took Michael Jordan eight years. That's with three years <laughs> yep. of college. Yeah, exactly. Okay? He was 27. So it first gave time, him yeah. 11 years to develop his style. And then once he got it, he got it. You know, so, you know, I, I, I just look for the leadership of, of these young, young people. It's very difficult because there's so many distractions, as you know, Tate. I make fun of it all the time. Thank goodness I didn't play in this era. But it takes time mm -hmm. because it requires yeah. something that we all have to develop. It's discipline. You, and you patience. You have to have discipline. You have to have patience. But more importantly, you got to have talent to do it. So give Kevin Durant credit. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I... Talent, hey, look, I, I I remember watching that kid 
you know, when he was in high school, college, and AAU. That, that kid has been, he was, you could see that. But to watch his, the way he communicates with his players, the way he talks with his coaches, the way he picks and chooses to integrate his talent with the team and vice versa, that is the most beautiful part of the game is because that requires maturity. Yeah. And, and it's only one place you can get that. That's in a game. You can't learn that mm -hmm. in the summer league. You can't learn that working out with your trainer. You can't learn that watching TV. You actually got to do it and you got to fail. Failure is the best. Is, that's the best teacher. And mm -hmm. if you aren't willing to fail, you can never get to become the true leader that you are. That's what I'm encouraging yeah. Ben to Ben, don't worry about failing. Don't worry about it, but you got to do it. Yeah. And, and and the beautiful thing of Kevin too is that you know he you know 2012 he was ahead of schedule and he quote unquote failed you know he was they said he was number two to LeBron all these years and then in 2017 he wins Finals MVP I was with him that night recorded a podcast and he got to the mountaintop and then he realized guess what BJ when you get to the mountaintop everything doesn't just change overnight you know it, it isn't like this you know fountain of youth or some sort of mystical thing that everyone's gonna say hey now you're totally different I love you I adore you it's still the same grind and I think that helped him mature too because he saw that getting to the mountaintop doesn't necessarily mean that all these other issues and problems or whatever they may be go away it's still you it's still your life and you still have to live with the results and uh I think he's grown a lot. I know that there's the off the court Instagram type things that happen, but I think that's separate of the man that is Kevin Durant and the player that's Kevin Durant. Right. And I think Giannis is also on that same level of maturity. In fact, he's probably just gotten there and Kevin has been there. So it'll be a nice kind of old guard, new guard matchup. Well, it is. And, uh, I, 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 I hope that matchup happens because that would be fun for us to cover and for us to talk about. Yep. And, I will say this. I don't know which, if you ask me today, which team was going to win, I, I really don't know. I think it's an amazing matchup. But what I will say this, whoever the best, whoever has the best player in your series will probably win this series. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's two guys in particular uh, I, I'm looking at. I think that's the most fair way to frame whoever it. Whoever is going to be, I really like, do. Kevin Durant and Giannis, one of them are, they're going to have to separate themselves because they're they're both so meaningful to their team right they're very meaningful to their team and i think the addition of pj tucker was huge for the milwaukee bucks from this regard it allows them to have toughness it allows them to be much bigger and physical the physicality that he can mm. bring to the game and it allows them to have a more experienced player who you know is battle-tested when they go on the road. Mm. So I think P.J. Tucker, Drew Holiday, and, and, and Bobby Porters, okay, this roster transformation that they have done, I think has really paid dividends for this team. And, it also, and, and, and all of this started with the main guy, Giannis, because Giannis, he, he was willing to stand in the fire. See, that to me mm -hmm. is the most critical part. He was willing to stand in the fire and accept the responsibility of the failure of an entire organization. Mm -hmm. See, that, that now you can add the other things. I can go out and add the pieces, but I, first I got to find the person 
who's willing. When it gets a little hot in the kitchen, you got to stand in that kitchen. Giannis stood there, accepted the responsibility, held himself accountable, came back a better player, and now they're ready to move on. I think that next round, if if if, if Brooklyn can seal this up against the Celtics, will be one for the ages because you'll be seeing yeah. two. I mean, there'll be a lot of Hall of Fame players out there on that floor, but you're seeing two elite players in yeah. Giannis the, the, and Kevin Durant. And I think it'll be fun. It's Ali, Ali Frazier, Ali it, Foreman, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this is a heavyweight matchup. And you got, I mean, you talk about storylines. P.J. Tucker, he and Kevin Durant, Texas guys, very close, work together in the offseason. He knows KD's game well. You talk about double teams. Giannis and P.J. Tucker double teaming Kevin Durant. That's going to be and tough the, for him to deal don't with. Don't forget I mean, about James Harden. I mean, James Harden is sitting over there, too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And don't, by the way, don't forget about Kyrie Irving. He's sitting over there, too. You know what I mean? Exactly. This, this, yeah, so you, you got you got to deal with the you got to dance with the devil with yeah, the, with yeah, the It's gonna be Nets, a lot yeah. of dancing here, baby. It's gonna be a lot of dancing. Mm-hmm. I think this will have ebbs and flows. You can't stop either one. You know, Drew Holiday is a fantastic defensive player. Okay, he is. He is. Chris Middleton and James Harden, I think, will be a terrific matchup. Chris Middleton has Absolutely. size. You know, James Harden is James Harden, and you know what? They have Giannis. So, I mean, there's a three, three, and now it comes down to the role players. You know, yep. Brooke Lopez. Shout out to Robin Lopez, too. Robin Lopez played great last game. He's, Reggie. he's playing shout great. Out. Ever since they come on the shout, show. Shout out yeah, to the Lopez brothers. But Brooke, <laughs> you know, look, Brooke is, he, he's going back to the post now. That's what I'm saying. They, they can throw a traditional oh, yeah, five at you Brooklyn know what? and make them answer. We might have yeah. to go to the game with our with our lightsabers. You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go to the game here with our lightsabers. But I think this has a chance. I, I I would I would be really really excited and happy if Brooklyn and Milwaukee just matched up. And let's mm. let's, let's enjoy this. I mean, we we can say we saw Kevin Durant versus Giannis Antetokounmpo in the playoffs in their prime yeah okay and, and that didn't seem possible at one point kevin obviously always been in the western conference you know what i mean so it, it, it is a very fascinating matchup and uh it'll be good for basketball especially i mean for for the people that are american basketball fans for the people that are international basketball fans this is the face of international basketball in some sense yance antecumpo taking on the face of american basketball and kevin durant so it's a uh, it's a lot of layers and a lot of storylines, and I mean Giannis is not afraid of the moment, and I know Kevin is not afraid oh, of the moment. So both of those guys are going to no, go at it. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, most of us will be looking in the media. FGMs, field yep. goals made. Both of those yep. guys are not afraid to do what all players should understand. A little secret. FGAs is the most important thing. (laughs) Come on, Ben. FGAs. FGAs, baby. Get them up and get them up often as you can. So that's it. I think that's a final nice note to end on. We'll be back later in the week recapping what's happening in the playoffs. Uh, BJ, anything else before we get out of here? We're in water, my friend. You got to make ways. We'll see you on Thursday.